welcome to Future Built. I'm Chelsea Reber, and today we are joined by Dr. Galen Newman. He's a department head of landscape architecture and urban planning at Texas A&M University. Now, first, I want to tell you something. This year, we're preparing a capital campaign to celebrate 100 years of landscape architecture at Texas A&M in 2026. Click the link in the description to learn more about the anniversary and make sure to stick around to the end of the episode to learn how you can enter to win an iPad. Dr. Newman, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Jesse. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in the School of Architecture. Sure. Um, I'll give you the brief version. It's an epic saga of how I ended up here. But um, I grew up right outside of Auburn, Alabama, which is where I um, went to college and got my I got a master's of landscape architecture and a master's of community planning there. So uh, both of my degrees kind of fit into what the department is. Uh, I went to Clemson University after that and got my Ph.D. in uh, What's the, the degree program now is called uh, planning design in the built environment. When I first started, it was called environmental design and planning. They just changed the name. But uh, basically, it integrates both, both degrees, both master's degrees that I had. I worked at Clemson for a year after I graduated as a visiting assistant professor. And uh, actually, it'd be 12 years on August 1st that I got a job at Texas A&M after that year at Clemson working. Uh, I'll be here. I would have been here 12 years. Um, I started as an assistant professor here 12 years ago, became associate professor with tenure. Now I'm full professor and department head. And I've done a series of other administrative jobs along the way, uh, pretty much every administrative job you could do at different levels. Um, so uh, it's been my pleasure. I've learned probably more uh, at A&M than, you know, working with these fantastic uh, faculty fantastic students. I probably learn more from my students when I teach them than they do from me, honestly. Uh, but it's been an amazing experience, uh, and I've loved all 12 years here. Obviously, a job opening will draw you to a school, but sure, was there anything sure. specific that you saw at Texas A&M as you were deciding to come here that really drew you to the school, the university? Sure, yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I, I won't throw other universities under the bus, but I did have other offers to go to other places uh, when I took the job here. But there were a few things. I think one is uh, the national repu uh, reputation of just the, the planning and landscape architecture programs here at Texas A&M. As far as like, um, they're, they're continually highly ranked uh, across the nation nationally. The faculty here are usually, I mean, they're just top-notch researchers. Um, and, and the ones that aren't, you know, uh, researching as much, they're, they're well-renowned personnel in their field of professional practice and those types of things. So the faculty body here um, and the national prestige of the program is one. And I would say the leader at the time who was kind of a mentor of mine, uh, Forrester in the BC, who was the department head at the time that hired me, rest in peace to Forrester, who passed us away a couple of years, a great man. Um, we, read, we used to read a lot of his, his work when I was a student at Auburn and Clemson. And so, you know, you're, you're very impressionable when you're coming out of, out of college. And um, to have the guy that, that, whose readings used to be so influential on me being offering me a job was, was another thing. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I get to work with this guy that was, I had never met but was so impl influential on me. So a combination of those factors um, I couldn't turn down the job here, and, and I've been here ever since. Yeah. What are some key differences between landscape architecture and urban planning? 
Yeah, yeah, so that's a great question. You know, I'll say uh, we get that question a lot because there's a significant overlap in the two uh, professions. And, you know, there's overlaps with architecture, construction science as well. Um, any kind of what we call the fields of architecture, they overlap, you know, more or less to some degree, uh, some larger to some to a larger degree, some to a smaller degree. But urban planning and landscape architecture in particular do that. We like to look at it like two sides, your two sides of the brain. So the right side of the brain and the left side of the brain, right? The right side of the brain is more creativity uh, and those, those and aesthetics and beauty. And, and um, the other left side of the brain is more analytics and those types of things. So on the right side of the brain is more, we would say, landscape architecture. So it's creative, it's, it's aesthetics, it's beauty, but it's also ecology. Um, it's, it's visualization of data, information, those types of things. The left side of the brain um, um, is, is more analytics. The planning side of the brain is what we call it. So that's where you also do um, you know, policy, economics, those types of things. Um, you work at a larger scale, regional city scale on landscape architecture. Um, you're doing more site and urban scale, those types of things. Um, and in the middle, um, in the middle is what we kind of refer to as urban design and architecture. Architects can actually play, you know, also be urban designers too. So it's kind of blending a lot of the professions together. But um, on the urban planning side, you know, we, we kind of have six degree programs in our department. Um, but on between planning and landscape architecture on the urban planning side, the undergraduate in urban planning actually has two different tracks. So one of them is much more left side of the brain, uh, policy minded. Uh, it's a policy track for urban design. And on, uh, we also have an urban design track, which is very closely linked to landscape architecture. And they take a lot of class classes with the landscape architect students. So. I was going to say, it sounds like the students really get a nice overview of everything. Yes. Um, we're highly interdisciplinary, right? So the students work together a lot. They take a lot of shared classes across the different six degree programs. And, and we call it six degree programs and three disciplines. So the disciplines are planning, landscape architecture. And we also have a land and property development um, uh, master's program. Um, so we're planning the sites, we're designing them and we're building them all in, all in one area. But yeah, they work together a lot on, on different projects. So, because when they get in the real world, that's how, that's how it plays out. You have to work with all these other disciplines. And so you learn those skills of, you know, the pluses and minuses and not getting your full way. And they, you have to give and take to the client, give and take to the other disciplines and figuring out how to meet in the middle to achieve a common goal. Um, so yes, yeah, that's a very good point. Exciting news, landscape architecture is coming up on a 100 year anniversary. Uh, can you tell us what that means to the program and then what is also being planned right now for that anniversary? Yeah, so we're super excited about this anniversary. Uh, uh, we're one of the oldest landscape architecture programs in the nation. From our calculations, I'm, I think we're in one of the first 25 landscape architecture programs in the nation. Uh, so to you know have a legacy that remained this long or has remained this long, uh, I think is a testament to itself. Uh, and we've only we've only grown. We've only gotten larger. We're definitely one of the largest uh, landscape architecture programs as far as amount of students. And we're growing every year in enrollment, which is also rare in our program, which is good for the world because the demand for landscape architects uh, is increasing. Um, and so one of the other great things that has occurred about three, three weeks ago, the Department of Homeland Security designated landscape architecture as a STEM profession. 
which is a big a big feat. Um, so because it's grown so much that um, the notion of integrating science and the scientific method into design decision making has made its way in landscape architecture has made its way up to the government so we're no longer thought of as hey let's come make my backyard look pretty we do much much broader and more complex things so i'm sure you guys have some pretty exciting things planned for the anniversary we do uh we're working on planning them right now i can't get into the details of what's being planned but there's going to be a series of very exciting events and campaigns that will be unfolding uh, in the next couple of months. So stay tuned and we will hit everyone with those that's interested. Are you ready to take your career to the next level? Apply for our graduate programs at arch.tamu.edu. Dr. Newman, what distinguishes landscape architecture and urban planning from other similar programs? Sure. Um, I'll say, you know, probably three things. Uh, the first one I've already mentioned that we have a department that plans, designs, and builds, right? We have three disciplines in one department that entails the entire process of the built and natural environments and how they, how they get created and how people interact with them, right? Which is very rare, um, I think, at any universities. I think second, um, we are renowned for this in our department across all of our disciplines uh, is our evidence-based approach to design, to, to landscape architecture, to planning, and to development. When I say that, I mean that it's research-driven. So we're in the 98.5 percentile of, of researchers um, in, in, our respective, uh, in, our, in our respective disciplines compared to 124 um, peer universities, which is pretty amazing. Uh, we're in the top three in uh, grants received. We're in the top three in number of articles and we're in the top three in citations of our, our publications from our faculty. So students, when they come here, they get to be involved in a significant amount of nationally, externally funded projects that are working on some really big level things um, with multiple disciplines. And we're integrating those research projects into the classroom, into the design studios, into the planning studios. So that's a huge, that's a huge difference as well, that we have this evidence-based approach. And I think thirdly is that we're, we're very engagement driven. Um, so we take that science and we disseminate that to community members. So we work, when you come here, you'll work on real projects for real people and develop real solutions and outcomes to community issues. And you work with community members through public participation meetings and community engagement processes, those types of things. We have different units like Texas Target Communities, which is, kind of a national leader and definitely a state leader um, in, in community engagement um, and, and conducting projects with communities. But you're, you're normally always going to have a client and you'll be presenting to those clients. You'll be going to those communities, doing field visits and, and gleaning information back. Um, and so you learn about feedback loops with clients and okay, here's a product, what do you think of this? And they rip your they rip your work apart, and you have to redo it over until until you get to something that that's a compromise between everyone. So, you know, I would say those three things are what distinguish us, what we're nationally renowned for, and what makes our students great and and capable and very good at what they do once they get out. Your students are getting real world experience before they even cross the stage, which is yes, absolutely, incredible. absolutely. And we we kind of expound upon that as well. We actually have. Uh, the entire school of architecture has a semester away requirement as well on top of that. So while you're, while you're in the curriculum, you're working with, with real projects, 
but the semester way has two options within it. So you basically have to spend a semester outside of A&M and you get school credit for it. So that you either go study abroad and you spend, you know, a semester in Europe in one of our three locations, or you can do an internship. Um, and so that's, you know, we probably have around 50% that do each. Uh, but all of our all of our programs have professional advisory boards and councils attached to them, and and most of our most of our former students that are in the professional world now they give back to our students by hiring them as interns. So they already have a lot a significant amount of real world experience by the time they graduate. You mentioned real world experiences that your students get to participate in while they're here. Can you give me a couple of examples of those experiences? So I'll give you a couple of examples that I've worked on with students. And these, these types of projects, um, you know, almost all of our faculty are working on these simultaneously. But we do a lot of work with under-resourced communities that maybe don't have the means to assist themselves and some, fix, some of the, help fix some of the issues going on in their communities. So two, two communities, well, uh, one community and um, one city that we worked in are Manchester, which is in Houston, Texas, um, and, and Galena Park, which is its own city, but it's, it's adjacent to Houston, about the size of, of Houston super neighborhood. And most of our projects are in Texas. Um, we do work internationally, though. I've worked in Ohio. We've done projects in Africa. Um, it would just depend on, you know, how much funding we have behind it and who we're working with, what, who our partners are. Um, but, you know, so we do a lot of master plans um, for, for communities. I think that's kind of our claim to fame, master plans or comprehensive plans. Yeah, so there's a lot of communities that can't afford professional master planning. And so they work through Texas A&M, and uh, we're able to provide those, those services at a much, much reduced cost, most of the time free if we have funding from external grants. And so as a result of some of these, these outputs we've created through participatory engagement, we work, with, we work through local organizations to connect us to communities, and community residents, community stakeholders, and do a series of kind of sessions with these, with these communities uh, presenting what we found and they say, no, that's not what's going on. Here's what's going on. And we'll give them different design scenarios and they'll kind of cut those up and say, hey, you know, we like this, but we don't like this or, or that's going to affect my property like this. Don't do it like this. So we do a lot of a lot of scenarios and then we condense those scenarios into one final plan. So as a result of of these kind of back and forth with communities, the products that we give them have had um, pretty strong impact. And you know, there's different policy change impacts and, and stuff that we've had. I'll, I'll mention Manchester and Galena Park because we've, they've both received major funding to help implement a lot of the stuff that, that we kind of suggest for them. So Manchester won a $10 million XQ grant around five years ago. And just last year, Galena Park uh, won a $3 million grant to help improve its infrastructure conditions uh, based on a lot of the work that, that we created. What is a typical career path for a student that graduates from your department? So our, our field is quite broad. Um, you know, we, because we have development, landscape architecture, and planning in one department, there's a significant amount of, of routes that, that graduates can take. Um, so, so, you know, I would say urban planners, um, in urban planning, other, I'll, I'll answer this and I'll exclude kind of graduate school and academia, okay. right? We'll mm -hmm. stick with professional type um, um, career paths and those types of things. But obviously, 
academia as an option, you're looking at an example of that. <laughs> and all of our faculty are examples of that. But so, you know, urban planning, you can go into fields like economic development, city, city management, um, uh, natural systems planning, food systems planning, land use, um, uh, uh, land use arrangement um, or land use planning or transportation planning. Right. There's a lot of fields. There's a lot of fields and specialization in planning. Landscape architecture, you can go uh, work for a firm that does people's backyards, which is our, uh, which is our stereotype, I think. Uh, but we, we're much, much broader than that. You can do park systems. You can do um, park design. You can do urban design. You can do historic preservation. You can do restoration project. You can design entire campuses, streetscapes. All type, you, you can do low-impact development, which is more of stormwater management-based things. You can lay out parking lots and drainage systems for parking lots. So it's much broader than you think. You have to know site engineering and site construction um, as well as you know the, the typical things that people think of when they think of landscape architecture. And development is almost bundling all of those things to create, get the thing built. So you procure the property, you, you work with the existing planning policies. Do you need a zoning variance? Does it fit right, right? You do return on investments and uh, or return on investment analytics, site analytics to s determine if this is actually the right site to put it in. Those types of things run the financials and then you get the thing built. So it's an entire kind of process. So a lot of career options um, involved in, 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 in these programs. Uh, and we're here to help you figure out, you know, which specialization you might mo be most interested in by the time you get out of here. Have you ever had a student come back and say, hey, this, I got a job doing this. And you're like, what? I, di I didn't even know that existed. Because <laughs> it sounds like there are so many different options. And I'm sure there are new ones being developed every day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. We get a, a lot of those. I mean, you know, sometimes you get the skills you can learn here because we do a lot of presentations to clients mm -hmm. right so we'll get students that come back and say you know now they're just the runner for doing presentations for a marketing firm or something uh, right or they there you get so good at graphics right you get so good at graphic skills in photoshop you and, and different software you get good at workflows between softwares between because we use you'll learn autocad you'll learn adobe products mm -hmm. photoshop illustrator uh, you'll learn rendering software programs um, you'll you'll learn uh, ArcGIS so mapping softwares there's a lot of different programs you learn and you learn how to take data in and out of those programs and and transfer it so we have people that they only do marketing plans for for different or, or they do graphic work for companies to try to sell sell their products a little better or they're putting together booklets so it's interesting to hear the, the people that uh, of the skills they get really great at, right? And if they don't end up wanting to even go in the profession, all the different avenues you can still take on. You still gain a lot of skills That's in the department. exactly right, yeah. So of those that go into the profession, uh, you know, they're, a lot, they're all having a pretty strong impact. I mean, Aggies are, Aggies are in a lot of places, I'll say. We have a lot of graduates and they do a lot of great things. Um, and the cool thing about our professions, I'll say professions of all three disciplines, uh, is that we have such a strong impact on how and what and where people interact with the world. I mean, we're building places and building parks and planning out how land uses should go, developing policies that 
that you know save national natural systems those types of things so if let's say you have a a, a lot of vacant lots right in this in your neighborhood mm -hmm. and so our profession would be a, or our disciplines would work together to regenerate those vacant lots and now you get some new shopping center with 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 mixed use and residential and there's a nice park in the middle of it right we've totally changed that entire space from probably something that may turn into some squalid area to a, a new space that is bringing people in people are socializing right that's pretty powerful you know we we plan out the way you drive your route to work a planner did that right mm -hmm. so you might not you so might, i have somebody you, to complain to okay <laughs> that's, that's what you're right. telling me <laughs> i didn't do <laughs> I it i need to go write some letters <laughs> no, just kidding. yeah but so that's what i mean but we've had you know so i think the places we make i set i say that to set this up i think the places that we create are our major impact, right? It's not necessarily always, you know, the, the people's name you remember, but you do remember the places. So, for example, uh, one of our land and property development graduates named George Mitchell, he was instrumental in building the woodlands in Houston, huh. Texas, right? I think a lot of people know that, but a lot of people don't. And there was many more Aggies behind why that was built as well. Um, Lauren Griffith is one of our landscape architecture graduates. She did Discovery Green, the park in Houston, Texas, which I think you know, tens of thousands of people interact with every year. Um, and then from the planning side, um, this is one of our older, older graduates, but uh, Wayne Oliver, he, he designated an entire stretch of 191-mile stretch of the Rio Grande into a scenic river analysis, major recreational kind of place for people to interact with the river and, and you know, uh, help with public health consequences, right? People are out and active and those types of things. So the places we create, I think, are, are the most important um, impact that we have. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about the research that's being done in the department right now and how that feeds back into the programs for the students? Sure, yeah, I mean, obviously, the we are renowned for our research capabilities here, especially uh, in LAUP. We, LAUP leads the School of Architecture despite being, I would say, the smallest department as far as number of students and number of faculty, we lead the School of Architecture in research grant money brought in, uh, which is pretty commendable. It shows how amazing our faculty are. Uh, that feeds back in this to, into the students, I think, in multiple ways. I think, one, um, we're, we are able to fund a lot of students to come to school here, right? So you can come to school and work on these amazing research projects and come to school for free, right? You're being paid to come to school and being part of some of these these major undertakings uh, that we're working on. I mean, you know, a lot of these are external grants, um, external national organization grants. We get a lot of uh, National Science Foundation grants, a lot of National Institutes of Health grants. Those are our, our kind of two major cogs, but multiple multiple other uh, agencies that we're that we're um, getting grants from. I know, you know, off the top of my head, we have a we're on a $13 million um, National uh, National Institutes of Environmental Health Sciences grant. Uh, we just yesterday received word we were winning a $3 million um, National Institutes of Health grant. Last year, we won a $17 million Department of Energy grant. Um, and we, I mean, that's just three three examples, right? Um, we have way more than that, that that aren't in the laundry list in my head. Um, so, yeah, one, I think, is the ability to fund students, uh, or, and two, uh, I think, um, the capabilities of being, to being involved in some of these kind of new, um, new research 
uh, undertakings that we're taking. And I think third, as a part of that, we're able to, um, the resources created by that funding um, allow us to have so much cutting edge technology that, that other schools may not be able to have right at this point. So we're not only, we're not, we don't only have access to what everyone else does, but we're creating and getting access to new stuff because we're testing things before it even comes out. So I think you're not only on par with what the market demands as a student, you're much in front of it by the time you get out. How is the department using endowment money to help students who might be coming into the program? Yeah, thanks. So endowment money is probably, uh, is by far the best money because it gives back every year, right? So every year that endowment is there forever, even when I pass, when others, you come and go, right? In our landscape architecture and urban planning programs, comparatively speaking to our peers, we, we have more endowments than they would. Uh, Aggies are, are great are great at giving back and Aggies support Aggies and we can't thank them enough for, for what they've done. Um, but our enrollment continues to, to grow year by year. Uh, and so every year that our enrollment grows, we need, uh, we need more endowments, endowed scholarships to, to help support these students. And that's how we keep the, the fresh and brightest students coming into Texas A&M to help us with a lot of these, these research projects. We need the best, um, and you know, you're not gonna get the best unless you're giving them, offering them money to come, right? Uh, that's the bottom line. Uh, and so, you know, the, the, more, the more we can get, the more we can support the students. I mean, I think that's one of our, well, that's one of Texas A&M's claims of fame is, is that Aggies support Aggies, and I've never seen anything like how great the former students are to our current students. And it just, I mean, it warms my heart how, how appreciative uh, that students are to Texas A&M, former students are to Texas A&M. Dr. Newman, what makes LAUP unique, and why should prospective students decide to come here and come to your department? Now, that's a that's a great question. I, I think the bottom line is when you when you graduate from from LAUP, you're going to be the best version of yourself. We we the faculty, the students here. I don't think I think we're unique uh, in academia, and that we are almost like a close knit little family. Our faculty get along and work very well together. Our students are you know, our students are like our nieces and nephews. By the time they graduate, you're very close because. Studio, people don't understand studio environment, I don't think. We don't, we don't have a culture where all of our classes are, okay, you come in, we lecture, you take a test on it in two weeks, although you do have some of those classes. Studio culture, you have a class three days a week, and it's normally from around uh, 1 o'clock to 4.30 or something like that. So Monday, Wednesdays, and Friday, that's our typical studio. You sit in class the whole time with your professors working on a project, you do an output, they, they critique the output, you go back and redo it, and that happens over and over and over, and those types of things. So you get very close with your studio mates, um, you get very close with your professors, and it's an amazing to see from a freshman or from a first-year graduate student to when they graduate, how they blossom into to what, what they, uh, where they want to go in life and what things they want to be best at, you know. So when you come here and leave, we expect you to be a leader who positively impacts their communities and makes the world a better place. Dr. Newman, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Make sure to follow the school at 
Tamu Arch School to stay up to date with everything that's going on. And you can also stay up to date with the Department of Landscape, Architecture, and Urban Planning on Facebook and Instagram at Tamu LAUP.